1: A.C. Sparky, 5 or 12.50 a.m. The Fan, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, along with uh, our guys here in studio with me. He is, of course, Dwight Albrecht. Follow him on Twitter at Dewey300, uh, owner and operator of the Spare Time Pro Bowling Shop in New Berlin, Wisconsin. And, of course, our guy, $2.00 Phil, Phil Bryla. Follow him on Twitter at Brew City Bowling. He's been uh, following around the tour and doing... Uh, streaming work for them and so forth over the last uh, several years. Uh, So that is who we are and uh, lots to talk about uh, on today's podcast. Starting next week, now that we have tournaments starting, we'll be recording on Mondays. Uh, right after the tournaments are done on Sunday. So we'll be recording on Mondays and we we'll are putting those up on Monday afternoons right away uh, for the Spare Time Bowling Podcast uh, going forward. So looking forward to that. Gentlemen, got to start off with a discussion of the U.S. Open qualifying in the books as we record uh, after eight games. Dwight Albrecht, uh, anything stand out to you so far?
2: Yes, my daughter Ashley last night uh, at bowling is like my U.S. Open informant. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see this link condition? So she's showing me all the lane conditions and of course they're all the kegel sheets and so she had one that made me laugh out loud where she goes yeah they're showing this pattern of, like the lane is showing you the middle finger and so uh, <laughs> but I, I I thought that was pretty funny yeah. um, but uh, a lot of one-to-ones uh, 50 feet 31 mils I'm just I'm reading all this like oh my god so I of course Facebook is wonderful for showing um, a couple frames from each pro that they're throwing out there and the one that made me just uh, shake my head was Jesper Swenson using a super Nova playing up first gear and barely wrinkling it with his 550-600 rev rate. So uh, I, I just love those type of videos.
3: And it just goes to show how versatile and talented oh, these guys it, are to yeah. do stuff that. Because yeah. y- you try to pigeonhole these guys in the one thing with the tour conditions. And all of a sudden, here we go for the U.S. Open, 49 feet, dead flat gutter to gutter. You know, even the high rev guys, like you said with yes. Jesper, aren't going to make it wrinkle. And they find ways to, to make it work. And, you yeah. know, Jesper sitting in the top 10 after yesterday. And you know, all, and, and a whole mix of guys, the guy leading, Richie Teese. Right. Uh, I mean, Tees has worked hard his game. The last couple of years, he won a title at the World Series of Bowling. Last time it was in Reno. Uh, Biscuit's probably one of the most underrated guys out on tour, Biscuit? and uh, he's Did a lot say? of fun. Biscuit, that's his nickname. Biscuit. Biscuit, Biscuit. There's a he's from England, and there's a cookie that we would call here. They call it Biscuit, named the Tease. Oh, so it's uh, so his nickname is Biscuit. So, what things uh, you learn on this show? Yeah, so I, I, <laughs> I, I leave it, butter
1: for him on every lane when he goes to bowl.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's fun watching Richie bowl. He's a good guy to talk to. Uh, one thing, some of the people on, on, on the old uh, social media chair last night was, oh, C squad ran them over, blah, 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 yeah, all this other stuff. Something that. must have happened. Well, no, they probably got two squads to watch what guys were doing and then made some adjustments. And you know what's going to happen today? The guys that are going to come on off of A squad, you know, they're going to be last yep. today. They're going to watch C and B squad before that. Sure. And they're going to learn something that they're going to probably right. score a little bit higher. So it's that way all the way around. And, you know, consp- you know not like there's ever conspiracy theories in bowling. But you, know, uh, you guys explain something to
1: me? I'm just curious. Why is it in golf and bowling, we always try to make impossible conditions for the competitors? Like in golf, they are right. always stupid, crazy uh, conditions for golf. Uh, and every year you know it's going to be a train wreck and people tune in to watch a train wreck. Right. Uh, and in bowling, I feel like it's almost the same way, Dwight. Well, it, it raises
2: the bar of uh, – um, toughness when you get into those majors now you see you're increasing uh the hardness uh and then and the prime example is the golf with like their u.s open um where the the pro hits the uh green in regulation and the ball rolls off the green you know so um yes one to one patterns are going to be bring a lot of pros to their knees absolutely I, i i when i look at these patterns i'm thinking how can they even shoot 200 on it You know, so it it does raise the bar of of hardness. Absolutely.
3: And they've uh, tweaked patterns all over the years. I mean, if you remember back in the days of the early days of World Series of Bowling, the Cheetah pattern was outscoring all the other patterns by 20, 25 pins. So guys could get a big advantage on Cheetah. Yes. And then other guys in the field have to catch up over those last two or three, four rounds of qualifying for the World Series for the World Championship. It's different now. They've you know, all the patterns. They've made them tougher, but the guys have gotten better too. So my so,
2: my question is: A, B, and C squads. Do they get re-oiled before every? It's okay. fresh
3: oil every squad. So there's and the no guys, double
2: burn or anything like that yeah, anymore.
3: For anybody that's not familiar with the uh, with the U.S. Open now, too, they don't get practice. They get like one practice ball in each lane on the pair before they start. They have thirty minutes of warm up off to the sides. That's why not they're on using the these, actual lanes, not in the on the actual lanes. So that's why they're using these big, huge bowling uh, centers like Royal Pin Woodland. Where it's a sixty, there's sixty lanes of the bowling center that they could use. They're using ten for a, for a player pad act this week, but they're only using twenty four because then they can use the rest for those, you know, I guess drive. Call it like a driving range or warm up range, whatever you want to call oh, it. Oh, so that brings another question: How does a sixty lane center stay in business year round? Mm-hmm. Oh, they're sixty lanes. Uh, Royal Pin has four large centers around the Indianapolis area that do really well, and it's kind of funny because I don't think there's any bolero centers in in, in, in Indianapolis in that Not area yet. Well, yeah. not yet, but, buy one but Royal Pins done well for years, and they 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 do the whole FEC thing, the Family Entertainment Center. Woodland's got a huge laser tag and a huge arcade and a really nice but bar with view. Thirty
1: lanes is a lot. Well, you, got,
2: you got to remember, in Milwaukee, we had Celebrity. Yes, one time that was seventy two. Yeah, right. was seventy two, but all, these
1: are, but all these are gone, Dwight. Right. What's right. the biggest house we got now?
3: Bolero and, and West. AMF West are the two yeah. biggest. After that, with former red carpets. It's JB's on Forty One, which is thirty. 36? Well, it's thirty five because yeah. they put a yeah, wall down one wall of the lanes of the remount. Right. But that's also not owned by Bolero. Right. That was that was bought by Bolero recently. Uh, and then you Appleton, get down to twenty four lanes. Bold. Yeah, well, Appleton's well, that another was the one. Well, that's the same owner
1: yeah. that owns Spare Time or not Spare Time. Uh, JB's on Forty One. I believe that's right. the same and they guy bought, that owned both of yeah. Yep. He and sold that one as well.
3: Right. So. But there's they, they drive enough traffic and they get enough people to come in and not just release but open play as well. And it, bowling's pretty thriving around the Indianapolis area. That's they, awesome. Pinheads is another one out in Fishers. It's a really uh, it's kind of an upscale center, but they get a lot of people to bowl there. And uh, the pro shop business down there is thriving. Timmy Max got three pro shops inside of some of the Royal Pin Centers wow. down there. And EJ Tackett, Ronnie Russell have another one inside of Pinheads. And yeah, so the the, the pro shop guys that are down there. Uh, they're, they're doing well. That's they're, good for bowling. Yeah, it's a nice area with Indianapolis. Yeah, that's real good for bowling, and so. that's good. Uh, obviously, going into
1: this thing uh, for the U.S. Open qualifying, we talked about Mookie Betts. We talked about mm-hmm. it in the last episode, the last the last uh, at the end of the last episode on Spare Time Bowling Show. Again, download this podcast, wherever you download your favorite podcast. So, Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y, uh, whether it be on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, uh, get it, tell your friends, tell your family. Uh, we are back. The first time we've been back since 2009. Uh, So, we talked about Mookie Bats, how good would he be, so forth. Um, As we sit here recording after eight games, he's tied for 61st Mm -hmm. uh, with Jason Belmonte, who obviously didn't bowl all that well, uh, clearly, uh, and had his issues uh, throughout of his 61st, but – If you're rooting for Mookie Betts, Dwight, you got to be pretty ecstatic that he's sitting at 61st at this point.
2: Yeah. Again, Ashley showed me uh, a stat or um, some video that he shot
1: 236. Yes, that was all over uh, Mm -hmm. viral video, Twitter and Uh, social media.
2: I'm super impressed, I guess is my words, to be at that level uh, competing against the best
1: in the world, being tied with Belmo. Um, I mean, that is a huge story. So everybody that had issues with his exemption, I think he's proven he, he yeah. he's okay to be there and
3: belongs. Well, and especially we come out of the gates at 150. You know the nerves are there. You know you're showing off for everybody you know you got extra extra sets of eyes on you come out of the gates a little slow at 150 and then get things together the 234 game the next game and then average close to 200 the rest of the day he's only at minus 62 he's not that far out of contention he
1: doesn't have that first game if he shoots two something that first game how much better is he in the overall standings right right now If he's got 50 or 60 more pins
2: and the other thing i don't know he has a private coach as a lot of these pros work with coaches number one number two I, I don't know what his equipment status is. You know, I mean, a lot of these pros can go to the truck that are staffed by certain ball manufacturers.
3: Oh, the Misa. storm guy, the storm guys are looking out for Mookie this week. Don't worry was about say, that. I somebody he, should have him. Yeah, storm. Him. Yeah, he used to when he shot his 300 game at the World Series of Bowling. He was he was working with Ebonite back yep. then, and a couple of years later he signed with. He's been been with Storm for a little while now.
1: Yeah, so, so storm, storm, guys storm storm takes him. care of him. Yeah, you know. And the other thing too is when you're a competitor uh, like Mookie Betts is. Uh, granted, he's a baseball player. You're still a competitor in everything you do. So I would assume, not having talked to him, but I would assume that he's been practicing. He's got somebody working with him leading up to this thing because no competitor at that level wants to go in and embarrass himself over the course of a week against these other guys who are looking at him like, dude, what the heck is going on? I'm sure some Mm -hmm. of that is going on. Like, dude, you're a baseball player. Why don't you stick with baseball? But I think he proved yesterday that, he kind of does kind of belong mm-hmm. here. And I don't Absolutely. know what he would look like if he was a full-time <laughs> member of the PBA tour and how he could hang full-time one right. way or the other, but he's not embarrassing himself. I mean, this is, let me, let me clarify. This is not TL. right? The, the, this is a legit bowler that's yes. bold growing up that knows what the hell he's
0: doing. to There's no doubt. eBay motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love,
2: Yeah, we were talking about this last week, and then after, of course, the show was over, I was like, oh, that would have been a great story. But when the Masters was in town, uh, which was, I believe, 04, 05, 06, 07, i believe those were the yeah. years uh they had a, a drilling seminar over at bolero uh chris schimler put on and so we're, we're leaving and i hear uh danny weisman coming in um the, the drilling seminar was in the same room as the paddock which i thought was interesting as these pros are coming and going and getting in their equipment and i hear danny Wiseman say it to another pro uh hey did you see that guy in lane 42 easy money <laughs> so i you know i mean um Obviously, Mookie is not that easy money. Obviously, he's hanging with the best in the world. So, like I said, I'm I'm real happy uh, for him. I'm super impressed. Um, again, like I said, wouldn't it be a great start if he made TV? Oh, my God. And yeah. they would go crazy.
3: Yeah. And someday it could happen if he gets a little farther away from the game. And he keeps himself physically well, let's there. Let's just
1: see him get to match play and see right, what
3: happens. Right. What so, is it? Top 24? I mean, top 24. Yeah. If he yeah, gets so. to
1: match play, that's unbelievable. I don't yes. think he will. But, I mean, that would be an amazing story. He doesn't oh, even have yeah. to get on
3: TV. He just so. get to match play. For right. Him. Right. And I it's just, you know, I think the announcers would go all over that. Absolutely. And I think it would pick up a few more fringe eyes on the sport, too, to get them there. And it wouldn't surprise me if the Fox Sports guys got there early and yeah. the ESPN guys got there early and, and started talking a little bit more about it. So, so this is
1: my thing, right? So I think it's a conundrum for the PBA Tour because Jason Belmonte is one of your faces of, of the PBA Tour, yeah. if not the face. We've talked about this on previous podcasts. But there's a part of me. If I'm the PBA tour and I'm Tom Clark that wants to send out a press release to ESPN to everybody that hey man, U.S. Open qualifying after eight games he's tied with Jason Belmonte right it's 61st but he's tied with Belmo and he's got this this and this and this and whatever else case may be and really hype the hell out of it to see if if they'll play some of your footage on Sports Center or whatever the case may be to kind of help put you over the top a little bit. But at the same time, you don't want to piss off Belma. Be like, "What are you doing? Right. Why are you putting me on front street? Tell everybody he's tied with me for it. Ain't nobody needs to know this, oh, right?" I mean, there's a part of me that thinks Belma would be pissed if yeah. if you did something like this. But at the same time, the
2: comparison, yeah, yeah I don't I, know.
1: I don't know what you do. I don't know if you yeah. do it or not. I, I just think
2: isn't also just let's reverse it and look at Mookie. I mean. Uh, this is a monster story, I think. Right now at sixty-first place, wouldn't you think that would put added pressure on Mookie? I'm like, oh my god, now the bar's even higher. I or does he have that? Major League Baseball pressure already So he's used to
1: it. Well, I think after that First game, like Phil said, he seemed to settle in And now yeah. he's now his confidence is there You know, that's the thing with any sport Once you have confidence and you Do something well, it's good Like for instance, I took my six-year-old over To Burkhart's over here in New Berlin And they have the indoor batting cages or whatever the case may be He hadn't swung a bat really all winter All that much or whatever And uh, so we go in the batting cage and he's like Dad, I don't I don't know if I'm going to be any good I, mean, I haven't swung a bat all winter So he ended up getting a bat way too big for him, and he shouldn't be swinging because of the used bats that they had there. So he swung a bat. Uh, He's not even four feet. He's swinging like a 29-inch bat. (laughs) So he gets in there, and he's going against, I think, 40-mile-an-hour pitches, I think, is the slowest baseball speed that you can have. Not softball, baseball. So it's, right, 40 miles an hour. And first one swings and misses second one. He hits third one. He hits fourth one. He hits and off to the races. He goes. So we go through two rounds. He's like, I did pretty good considering I said, so how happy were you after you hit the first one? He's like, Oh, I was good after that. Mm -hmm. Once I made contact that first time I was good. And I think it's like, just like anything else in life, right? So for Mookie Betts, once he tops 200 that first time, you're like, all right, I, I belong here. Then you throw 230-something, now you're like, oh, I, oh, I know I belong one here. one-to-one ratio. <laughs> when you have that confidence and you're feeling yourself a little bit, it's like letting a, a, a team a, in a team sport hanging around that shouldn't be there towards the end of a game. Give right. them life and let them believe they can hang with you. And now it's the last quarter and they're right there with you. Right. They, they got a chance to pull the
2: upset. I keep thinking about the top amateurs like in your cities, uh, you know, doing the big bragging that they average 220, 230 in the league. Well, you go try to average 200 on a one-to-one. Oh, we'll get
1: to that later in the podcast. Yeah, that, I know, but so that just <laughs> keeps going
2: through my mind. So, yeah, he definitely – uh, is impressing me. I, I just hope he goes farther.
1: Now You look at some of the names on this list. Sean Maldonado uh, up in second. Yep. Thomas Larson uh, up there as well. Uh, what is it? Lavoie? Is that how yeah. you say it? Francois, right? yeah. Francois Lavoie. Francois Lavoie. Uh, he's fifth. He's a lot better than I thought he was going to be when he first got on tour. Jesper uh, uh he's in sixth. I'm just going through some of the names that I know that you guys probably yeah. will know. A.J. Chapman in 10th. E.J. Tackett, 11th. Kyle Troop in 12th. Chris Barnes uh, in 13th, Ronnie Russell in 16th, Stuart Williams in 17th, Anthony Simonson in 20th. I mean, there's some names, names mm-hmm. uh, on that list. Now, again, there's no Balmo. There's no, there's no Rash necessarily. But I think we're at the point now that there's been enough guys that have had success long enough now where those two guys don't have to be on TV to draw eyeballs.
3: And especially – you know, you look at Frankie Lavoie, he's probably the most underrated player out on tour. Yeah, he doesn't have anything flashy, one handed guy, 350 rev rate, but the kid makes shots time after time after time. He's got a couple of US Opens under his belt already. He's always a threat there, and he it wouldn't good. surprise me if he was he's, on there.
2: He's good the when he's in tough conditions, so and yeah. this is tough conditions. I mean, the variety, he's a shot maker. Yeah,
3: the variety of styles that are in the top 20 right now is yes. amazing. It's kind of balanced yeah. between the lefties and righties, it's balanced between the high rev guys and, yeah. the, and the low rev guys. I I think that's what the USBC is trying to do is just find who's making the best shots all week long. And even with the different patterns, it's it's still going to end up that way.
1: Spare time bowling show. Follow that guy right there. Phil Brillo on the Twitter at Bruce city bowling, Dwight Albright to follow him at Dewey 300. You follow me. Uh, at Sparky Radio, time to move on to topic number two. Uh, as we record uh, this show today, uh, Tom Brady, uh, this morning as we record this, uh, announces his retirement on social media. A little video. This time it's for real. I'm not coming back. Mm-hmm. Not going to have a long, drawn-out speech. I did that the last time. So we're good. Thanks to everybody. And you know, kind pretty of classy, mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. okay. So this is a question I came up with. Phil started laughing when he heard it. But th- th- this is the question. <laughs> Is there a comparison in bowling to that of Tom Brady retiring in the NFL? Is there that comparison? Could be past or present, right? So it could be somebody years ago that when he retired, you're like, dude, like that was the guy of the PBA. Now what kind of going forward for the PBA tour now that that dude kind of walked away or whatever the case may be. Could be somebody that's currently bowling on the PBA tour of this guy retires. What, then, you know, kind of for the PBA tour, you know, he's that Hall of Famer. He's just dominant. He wins everything. It's an end of an era. Who will be the next guy to carry the torch? You know, all those conversations you have after the best guy uh, walks away. Now, again, these guys aren't cheaters like Brady. But either way, we're still, <laughs> we're still talking about it uh, from that perspective. Uh, Dwight, so I'll go to you first. Is there a comparison in bowling at some point in the history or present or future to that of Tom Brady uh, stepping away and retiring in the NFL?
2: Yeah, the one that came to my mind right away was Earl Anthony. Yeah, yeah, I mean he's a he was a giant, you know. I, I would assume that had to be hard for him uh, to walk away um, at his time, mm-hmm. at his his era. Uh, for currently, uh, then current, uh, Pete Weber comes to my mind, you know? Um, so, uh, for many reasons, um, uh, obviously the antics and everything, but, uh, that would be, I guess, a current player, you know, I mean, does he retire? He talked retirement, bad back, bad hip, you know, stuff like that. So those are at least the two past and present that came into my mind.
3: Duke. Yeah. Duke. No, that's that's Another the one. one from yeah. last year. That's absolutely one. Yeah. Yeah, I was lucky enough to be out in Bayside last year when Norm said he was done. I got to talk to him a little bit before he made the formal announcement. Petey came off the lanes after bowling the the team yeah. event, and he said he's done. He was yeah. done. He's not going to bowl against the kids anymore, as they like to say. But, uh, you know, for them both walking out the same weekend, basically, uh, yeah. Norm, Norm was the much bigger story, which was kind of surprising. But also Norm's team was also, you know, working towards the championship yes, as well. Right. So I think that kind of affected it a bit. But man, that uh, thank you, Norm hashtag really got around social mm-hmm. media. I'm sure it would have been that way if Earl was around now and Earl said, you know what? I'm done. That's it. And it would have been a lot of thank you Earls out there. So, but definitely Norm is, is the one. And Norm's still involved in the sport. He's still, I saw him do some clinics with Storm and that type of thing, but he, he's not going to be throwing a bowling ball, there, anything for competition anytime soon.
2: Was there an official reason why he walked <laughs> away? Was it health? Was it just, no, just I couldn't done.
3: compete with the young guns? Just done. Yeah. He was just done. He's, he's got nothing left Enough to Enough years on the tour. Yeah. Just done. Okay, and so. he could have signed up for the senior. Nope. He didn't do any of the senior stuff. So what's no, he going to do then with them? So with those, lots, like lots of seminars, lots of golf, and lots of appearances and seminars. He's going to be at the Wisconsin high school tournament in March. Nice. He's going to be doing the appearance for Storm there. Storm always sends a player to the Wisconsin high school tournament every year. Norm's gonna going to be there, there again, the kids. second time in about five years. So yeah,
2: the kid and they, Norm's a great ambassador for the yeah. sport too, for especially junior bowling. Right.
1: So they chose a real good one. So I'm going to probably irritate a lot of people. I think it's going to be Belmonte. I mean that that dude was dominant in this sport for a while that dude brandon himself that dude is the reason why we have two-handed bowling at the rate that we have mm-hmm. he i think kind of changed the sport of bowling we yeah. literally just had a topic right. about two-handed bowling in the sport a lot of yeah. people feel it's cheating and all this other stuff to me, it's Belmonte. That's going to be the guy that when he walks away, you're going to talk about how he changed the sport of bowling and no the marketing and putting it back on the map. Pete Weber obviously had it on the map to a degree. Belmonte helped to bring it back uh, to a certain degree uh, as well. Um, all over Sports Center. Look at this dude bowling with two yes. hands and yeah. he's winning and da 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 da. Yeah. And. Um, I know Belmo's not the most liked guy necessarily, probably on tour from a lot of people. I get it. I I totally get it. No, I've never had a problem with him. We've always gotten along, never had any issues. Um, But as far as what he's done with the sport and how he's changed the sport, um, for me, the PBA version of this is, is Jason Belmonte for me, Dwight. Mm
2: hmm. I I think we're so far away from even having that conversation about Jason Belmonte retiring yet, um, as long as he can keep his health. You know, we we had that discussion a few weeks ago, you know, with two handed bowlers on their backs, you know, but I just think he's so far away from uh, from retiring. But yes, when he does walk away. He will be a huge story. He's a giant right now in the sport. And yes, look at how many people he has affected, especially the youth. Change the sport. Right. Yeah. With his style. Correct. Mark Roth did it in the 80s. Yes. With his thumb. Yep. You know, Roth had more turn on the ball than. Any other pro out there, maybe Steve Cook, uh, uh, the lefty uh, from California, but uh, Cookie put a lot on it, too. But uh, everyone always talked about Roth and all the
1: shows Roth made and all the power he, you talk he about, created. You talk about golf. Yeah. Tiger Woods changed Gym. golf. Tiger Woods changed right. golf from the aspect of he worked out. He lifted weights. Yep. He, he changed everything by how far he could drive the ball, how John accurate Daly he was, too. how addicted he was to the game. And yeah. you look at athletes now that are playing golf, these dudes are all working out. These guys are all lifting these weights. Yes, These guys are all in much better shape than they used to be with all due respect to the walrus, Sadler, back in the day. <laughs> he <laughs> right. was your prototypical golfer right. back in the day, right? right. Uh, and now you look at these guys and there's none of those looking, type of looking no. guys like John Daly and so forth. Right. Those, guys, those guys don't exist anymore. These young up-and-comers are treating it like – you know, any other sport where you're lifting weights several days a
3: week. You know, and the best part is with this is that Belmo, the way he markets himself, he's mm-hmm. going to let everybody know when he's going to retire. And there's going to be a retirement tour t-shirt and polo there shirt and everything else with everybody he deals with, with with, with his jersey company. Yep. I think it's Coolwick and other stuff. Yeah, there's going to be a whole, he, he knows how to do it. But again, he's going market this his is, retirement tour.
1: This is the thing, though. and I can't control when Pete Weber is going to retire. But right. you triggered a nerve now by saying what you just said. Because as I like to do, I like to bring other sports into this, mm-hmm. dude. Back in the day for NASCAR, there was a Rusty Wallace retirement tour. They had concerts at right. racetracks to celebrate Rusty Wallace retiring. There were diecast cars, there were jackets, there were shirts, there was a trailer. I mean, everything. You got your you got your roses as you go around, right? That should have been done for Pete Weber. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. it
1: should have been like you should have. They should have told Pete, listen. We get it. You want to be done, okay? Fine. Yeah. One more year. Yeah. We'll split revenue with you, 50-50, Whatever we make, you get fifty percent. We get fifty percent. Let's go out with a bang and make this a thing, right? right? And go with it. Yeah. And like I said before, why they never had Pete Weber glasses is beyond me. Like, yes. To me, right. it's the most. It, it's the easiest right. thing yeah. in the world to do. But and, and they don't have to be real, right? No, I mean, right. They could be fake. But that little kids wearing the Pete Weber sunglasses and right. doing that whole thing, yeah. man, get out of here. Right. So you're right. Yeah. From the Belmonte aspect, they better do a Belmo retirement tour. Right. That better happen because you are missing a huge opportunity if you don't.
3: Because what's going to happen with Belmo is he's going back to Australia. He's done. He's not coming back for three months of no. PBA 50 summer tour action, that kind of thing, where people can still go out and see Pete. Pete hasn't retired from the PBA 50 tour yet. So if Pete ever decides, okay, now I'm done with that, maybe he, you know, some people could see him at some of the PBA 50 events. But obviously the media attention on those, Minuscule compared to the regular tour. So. I but, mean, yeah. you
1: rely on local media when a PBA 52 or event is in town to promote the event in order to get people to come out. Right. That, that's what you're relying on. And how many people, with all due respect, are watching a ton of local news anymore? I mean, right. the younger yeah. demo, I don't think is watching the local news at yeah. all. No, the right. older demo is watching the local news because they've yes. watched it their whole lives. They're but used to it. But right. the, the kids in their 20s and something, they're yeah, not even gonna... watching SportsCenter. Yeah. They're just watching highlights on their phone on exactly. Instagram or TikTok. That's all. They're, yeah. they're not even watching full sports centers anymore like people right. used to do back in the day. Yeah. So from that perspective, yeah, he's not going to get as much notoriety necessarily um, going in and out. But the, the tour idea, that that's brilliant. I, I hope the PBA listens to Phil Bryle on that one because that is a no-brainer.
3: They yeah. absolutely should I, do that. I think belmont has got a plan on it. He's going to win his 20th major, and then it's going to be – he had an article with Nolan Hughes on PBA.com this week. Nolan and Hughes? What, yeah. He does. You know, I mean, can we talk about that dude for a second? Yeah, I love Nolan's I, stuff. I don't know the guy.
1: Never yeah. met the guy. Yeah but i literally dm'd him on twitter i think it was and i was like hey man i said you put all this stuff up on your twitter account that's great yeah. but this should all be on the pba, PBA. tour account like, you don't have as many followers that stuff should be on the pba tour or at least, account. Re, or
3: at least somebody on the pba tour retweet to tweet it, it. Right. yes
1: thank you oh, i know oh i'm glad yeah, you brought no, on one's, one. no one's yeah no one's he a great kid great work on his twitter account he's in his
3: mid-20s he's and an he awesome just kid. just
1: goes unnoticed because he doesn't have a ton of followers
3: and he mm. doesn't write the. he doesn't write in the old bowling way of writing it's Correct. it's it, he, he, he grabs your interest early and it, it's not a full page article and everything he's really good yeah he's really good i had a chance to meet him a couple times now and yeah i enjoy i enjoy i tell him every time i say him i enjoy reading your stuff yeah he's good
1: okay go ahead sorry to interrupt what were you telling nolan or whatever the other day about belmont oh he's
3: gonna in the article that nolan had on pba.com belmont wants to win 20 majors before he's done mm-hmm. so that's it, one of goals yeah, yeah that's one of his goals he wants but to have double what anybody else has away, though No, no, he'll that once he gets to that point, I think. But it wouldn't surprise me now if he has everything planned out already for when he's retiring and what he's gonna do and what merchandise is going out there and all other stuff. Mm -hmm. He he's just marketed himself so well over the decades now. He He really has. In a weird way, not to this level.
1: There's nobody to this level, but he's kind of like the Jordan of the PBA. Mm -hmm. Like Jordan took his marketing brand and made Nike. I don't know if you guys saw this, but they're coming out with a new movie. I think it comes out april maybe or something like that called air um and it's all about jordan uh and his uh, relationship with nike and how that all started as young michael jordan and how i put nike on the map and Sonny vaccaro is played by one guy and whatever uh it's gonna be really really good matt damon is in it ben
3: affleck is in it um yeah, so it's gonna be really good. Not to change it again, but can you imagine what bowling would be like if Nike would have stuck with bowling after the early eighties and mid eighties with Marshall Holman and yep. all that stuff? What bowling what that could have done for bowling's image too? Huge. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, that that would have been huge. And if they would have had a Tom Clark back then to kind of try to get yeah. them through the weeds and figure right. out how to do it, I think they probably yeah. would have. been. Yeah, that's in better what shape. I was
2: going to say. Give a lot of
1: credit to Clark for as much as he's done for the tour with what he's had to work with. A ton, no doubt, deserves a ton of credit. All right, last uh, topic here. We got a few minutes left. So on Twitter, <laughs> uh, I, I saw people uh, talking about uh, the fact that. You know, these league bowlers that are watching the PBA tour and so forth um, and thinking that they can do what these guys do uh, on the PBA tour. And I saw it and I was like, oh. like, well, that seems that seems kind of nuts. But, you know, we've heard about this uh, in the past uh, as well. And it's this guy, uh, Big Mike, I guess. Uh, how many of you in the bowling community have heard an accomplished local house bowler say something like, I would have bowled on tour, but fill in the excuse, or those guys on TV bowl low scores. I have, I average higher than they bowl uh, informal poll here. Uh, Big Mike uh, puts out uh, and away we go. Everybody and their mama uh, comes a calling uh, mm-hmm. on this. It was a, a great question and everybody uh, chimes in. And in fact, uh, uh, Doran Ballard she chimed in uh, as well on this whole thing yeah. so a lot of people Jeff Wriggles got involved in the conversation Phil got involved in the conversation uh on Twitter so Dwight we'll start with you do mm-hmm. you think this has lessened now more so than it used to be I answered it too
2: and I would say yes absolutely I, I agree with Jeff Riggles I agree with Phil I hardly ever hear about it anymore um so my only story I can relate with this, and I was given lessons in 2004, the first year the Masters was coming into town. Uh, the manager of AMF West Dallas came up to me and said, Norm Duke's coming in for one of his uh, um, promotional uh, uh, for the tournament. Uh, you want to bowl up against him? I said, no, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> and so then Bill looked at me, puzzled, and walked away. You didn't I didn't even think about it. it. No. Didn't, so I, didn't I go home and I tell my wife. And this was her answer. Hell, yeah, you're going to do it. And so uh, he he comes with his entourage and and comes into West Dallas. And there were quite a few people that were showing up. So long story short, I got a chance to bull him. He, He played with me. He could have shot 300, played with me, kept me in the match and beat me 242 to 236. I gave it everything I had to, uh, to try to beat him. You
1: didn't it, have your temper during this match, did you? I
2: did you not have a my temper, ch- Were no. you a little chilled? I, I, but he did see me practicing, and I heard him say, oh, boy, I don't want anything to do with this guy. <laughs> well, he could have messed with you, too. I mean, and I and I'm like, and the first goes through my story. mind is color money. Right, <laughs> you know? yes. right. Uh, right. and so afterwards, <laughs> getting back to this whole story, uh, we're in the bar afterwards, and he looks at me and he says, you're bowling the Masters, right? I said, no, Norm. I'm a realist here. I said it's one thing to average 230 on a house shot. It's another thing to average 230 on a U.S. Masters pattern. Reality check. Right. You know, so. What did he say
1: to that? He nodded his head like he knew I, I knew. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, but but that's the thing, right? I mean, you're averaging 230, but I bet you there's guys averaging less than that uh, that are, are in their house building 210, well, 215, right. and they see somebody shoot a buck seventy six or something on well, TV and go, oh, that hack, I can bowl better than that. Well, here's my answer
2: to that. All those guys that are what I call wannabes that want to do it, well, then do it right. Bowl a non-pro. Bowl a regional. See where you stand then right. against that. You know, I mean, there's a feeling you're blank for you. You know, do it the right way, you know, because I, I hate to tell you, it's great to have a dream but when you get out there reality kind of sucks at times
0: (laughs) it
1: does (laughs) But i mean think about that for a second right so like you said there is a way for you to go see where you stand with these guys right you can't go over to a bar and some dude goes hey man state fair i threw 85 yeah Yeah." (laughs) man and the brewers aren't gonna bring that dude in a spring trying to be like all right let's see how good you are right Right. like that stuff doesn't happen but in bowling it affords you the opportunity to really, if you want to pay the money to show your money out, you can go out there and see really how good you are. You can't do that in these other sports.
3: Right. Yeah. You know, and one of the things about that now, and it's a change that some of the, the, the PBA members haven't liked, but I think it's a pretty good thing, is the college kids, when they're right. not in school, they can bowl as many PBA regionals or as many PBA events as they can if there's openings and not have to be a member. That's awesome. So these kids, you know, the younger generation now, anybody that's been bowling for the last 20 years. Is that Clark's idea? Since the, uh, I would imagine that's was. brilliant. I because would that's a way
1: to tie them in and lure them yes. into
3: wanting to be a part of it. Right. It's right. brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the last... Last 20 years, ever since the U- the USBC or back in the day, ABC, WIBC started sport bowling. Yes. These kids that go to junior goal, these kids that are bowling mm-hmm. collegially on all these tough conditions and everything. They, they know where they stand. Right. You don't hear these kids going, oh, I could get out. No, they know. No. They know they where they know. stand. Anybody right. that's saying what Big Mike's saying with, oh, I can do this they're that's the guys that are in their 40s and 50s and 60s that are that are saying that. It's not the kids right. in their 30s and 20s right oh, now. There's not. no way.
1: No, I'm not. No, yeah. well, he didn't specify in his right. tweet how old the people are that are saying right. what they're saying. But yes, you're but, probably right. They're the older guys that are in the that have been bowling for 30 years, 40 years or whatever yeah. that are having these conversations.
2: CDB had a great point. Uh, her comment was uh two-handed bowling easy lane conditions. In her quote on Twitter, yep. you know, and so uh, these guys are coming out of the leagues with uh, no thumb bowling, with 500 rev rate and striking at will. But you got to have one other thing with that. You have to have pinpoint accuracy. You have to know where the ball is going. Yeah.
1: And, yeah. and how shot right now it's not right. two boards. Right. right. You get a huge area. You more can throw like two out. arrows. Yes. I right. mean, you have a huge area to right. miss on. Right.
3: And still be able to make it work. And I think it's more of a regional thing. I mean, Big Mike he's from the Philadelphia area. Around here, Wisconsin, we kind of knew where we stood because there was so much history here when the headquarters for bowling was right. here back in the day. And then all the guys that were going to the USBC tur- or the ABC tournament and winning titles, and, everything, and those are guys that are going out on the tour back in the 80s and stuff like that and not doing a thing. Yep. I mean, you look at the you look at the big names Bullying in Wisconsin were, bowling that are in the Hall of Fames, yep. and you look at the one guy that's one or two guys that actually did something on tour, Fred Jasky back in the yep. 70s, and Mark McDonald in the and, 80s well, and 2000s. And David Traber. Dave David Traber. Traber well, and Traber yeah. had a sponsor. He was out bowling with right. a chance
1: all the time against you back in the day. Right. Correct.
3: Yeah. But he
2: was kind of like one of the only locals that made yeah. a couple TV shows.
3: Yeah, but you just you, – the, the history around here – put a lot of guys in their place as it was before yes. you go to the southwest you go to texas and oklahoma like where norm duke grew up action bowling huge down there so if you mm-hmm. weren't getting out of those action matches you know you weren't going to go out on tour it was the same thing back three so years right, ago stop, on stop, tour stop 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 stop, stop.
1: Yeah. what's an action match or action
3: bowling or whatever the hell you're talking Pop about game two guys going head-to-head thousand oh, like, dollars oh, yeah, a game 1500 a game oh yeah oh yeah yeah sure. if you weren't getting out of that action bowling yep That'd be uh, like I said, you, Norm Duke. Um, if he could put out a book about just his action matches right. and stuff like that, unbelievable there was a, stories of action. Well, match, yeah, right? there's, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff you couldn't tell yeah. in public either, still to this day. Yeah, but. I mean, my buddies just vote for money, $1,000. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. But it, 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 it teaches you how to bowl of pressure. Yeah, yes. what it does. Correct. It teaches you how to bowl in big moments. Well, I think Norman had a lot of
3: action matches. Yes, he didn't he did. have the money if he lost. Yeah, he had backers, and so yeah, it's it's longs. Yeah, right. <laughs> but there's <laughs> there's some John Mark Manzione had a great book out about Ernie Schlegel and all kinds of action matches out east and stuff like that. The title slipped in me, but uh, John Mark, post your book on Twitter when you listen to the podcast, so everybody Very can go out writer. and buy it. Yeah, because it's a really good read. Yeah, yeah, he's a good dude too. I yeah. like him.
1: Uh, he has Phil Bryla. Follow him on Twitter at Bruce City Bowling. Dwight right over here at Dewey 300. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Get tell your friends, tell your family members. U.S. Open weekend, we record on Monday. We'll record every Monday going forward after the tournaments are done. And uh, you'll want to keep it tuned in here to the Spare Time Bowling Show uh, each and every week. Again, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Have a good one.